Hello, you're welcome to Local Media This Week here on Scarafay Community Radio. My name is Tom Hanley and I'm stepping in for the try and fill the boots of Jim Collins and Luke Fleming and uh, we'll do the best we can here anyway. So I'm joined by the regulars here on the Local Media Show and John S. Kelly. John, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Tom. Yeah. Delighted to be here. Good, good. And Pat O'Brien. Thanks, Tom. And David Fleming. You're very welcome, Tom. Thank you. And we'd like to thank Ruth uh, Griffin, uh, photographer, for sponsorship of this program. And as always, we deal with the two local papers, the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion. And we have a look at some of the stories that are in that and refer to them and maybe even have things to say about it. So, uh, David, do you want to start with uh, the Clare Champion? And the, uh, well, Okay, I mentioned the clear champion for a start of the clear champion. Then, yeah. yes. Well, um, there one. there are a few there are a few headlines on the first page. Um, I suppose the most prominent headline this week is HSA, the Health Safety Authority, claims lack of cooperation in Lucas probe, and this is the very sad story of Katrina Lucas, who was the who who was one of the Coast Guards member of the Coast Guard. Of Coast Guard volunteer with with the county um, and the Health Safety Authority inspector says she didn't get the cooperation needed to do her job while investigating the tragic death of Katrina Lucas. What does uh, that mean? Uh, no. uh, the, the, uh, obviously there were people there whom, whom the HSA person thought could help with uh, identifying what the problems were and what caused her death. Um, and she found obstacles. It goes on and says Helen McCarthy told a coroner's court, and and this is why it's appearing in the in the paper because the coroner has sat uh, on on the death uh, on the inquiry as to what actually happened and have has come to conclusions. Um, but obviously they were hearing evidence from Helen McCarthy, who is the HSA inspector. She told the coroner's court in Limerick. Um, that the authority was forced to seek legal advice before proceeding with the investigation. Mm. Um, the Attorney General ultimately granted the HSA permission to investigate, but Miss McCarthy said the legal situation delayed the process. So, so maybe it was people refused to speak to them on the basis of, of legal advice. That, um, strange. It is a bit strange. It is yeah. a bit strange. Probably yeah. didn't want to incriminate themselves. And I suppose maybe the bottom line is that some of the equipment they were using wasn't up to speed. Yeah. You know, uh, that seems to be a, a, a common thread running through in quite a number of organisations. It does, it does. Well, Equipment. you think, you know, you're working on the, the Atlantic Ocean and the under yeah. cliffs and all that, yeah. and all it takes is one freak wave, which was what happened in this situation, and they weren't able to deal with it. The rib was tossed up against the rocks and all that. And uh, I, I noticed since that, one of the things that they started doing is they're starting to use drones and involving the civil defence, and they can fly a drone in close to the cliffs where they don't have to bring. Um, these yeah. are usually recovery missions that they're, uh, the Coast Guard are involved in, in, and the West Coast, and this is a recovery mission that they were on as well. Yeah, it's a matter of interest. Do you do you ever or did you ever use drones in your in your job as no, a, but a vet? Would you believe I spent years while I was in the civil service in uh, Limerick in particular, calling on the superiors to supply us with a drone. Because, Are you serious? Oh yeah, yeah. Just because one, even one, even in the region, one between a couple of areas and all that. Because and what was what what was the attitude you come up against then? 
uh, well, maybe the investment, number one. Number two, get somebody to drive it. And, of course, the one thing is a bit like the guards, and we might probably refer to them later on, uh, the using body cams, you know. Yeah. GDPR comes into it, you know, data protection and all that. But mm. it would have saved a lot of foot slugging. And in this case, they could send a drone in where rather than risk a person's life. And Tom, yeah. Tom, that's, I have, in case I forget it, you yeah. see, you've raised another issue. Um, Gardaí do not have... Uh, what do you call it? Lockers. Body cams. No, no, locker, lockers. A, a simple thing yeah, like a yeah, locker yeah, yeah. to Tom Hanley. Yeah. Okay? And um, how about if you need it, there's no room in the barracks. They don't have lockers there either. Yeah. So the lock, the, the equipment is kept at home. Yeah, yeah. So, and we heard uh, about this. Is this the riot gear stuff? Yes, all that kind of stuff. That seems very odd, doesn't Basically, it? Basically, it, it, it's extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. What I would call in our game, what we would use it is PPE, personal protective equipment. And yeah. we'd be talking about maybe yeah. contamination and disease and that sort of thing. Yeah. But for the guards, it's their personal, physical protection. Yes. You know, yeah. whether the shields are uh, uh, strong uh, it, vests it, it, or it whatever. Is, in this particular case... It, it, we are told by, um, I think, uh, Orla Hassett, who was an officer in charge at the time yeah. uh, that the May Day call was issued, that she told the court that she was on a privately owned rib vessel with three people she didn't know. This is Katrina Lucas. Mm. Nor was familiar with. Yeah, lack so of training. So there, 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 there was a dynamic going on there which meant that you know, you have to have people at your back, don't you? If you're part of a team and a rescue team, you have to know your team. Oh, absolutely. She didn't know any of them. And the vessel did not have, and I think this is the point you want, you're making in a general way, the vessel did not have the rescue boat equipment she was used to. Yes. So... It doesn't tell us why. Hmm? Doesn't no, it doesn't tell us why. But it that's doesn't. That, that, that's that's um, strange. It, it wasn't it? because it was a privately owned rib. It probably wasn't a Coast Guard rib. Yes. Probably, so yeah. she was on a vessel that she hadn't. She was trained yeah. on a Coast Guard vessel. Yeah, and this yeah. was now the question is where where was the Coast Guard vessel? Well, that's I suppose the, the legal issues we can only assume was because of where does liability going to lie yeah. in this one? Yeah. You know, it says here just uh, earlier this week, and the question that Miss Lucas might have survived had she still been wearing her safety helmet. They had been earlier ripped, ripped off by a wave when she was struck by the Kiki rib and smashed against the, rock, the rocks of Kiki Bay. Yeah. In her disposition, which was laid out by Inspector Gary Thompson, Miss Carraway uh, stated, Katrina shouted, breaking wave, it broke straight on top of us, turning us upside down. We were all wearing our helmets and we were all alive at this stage. Another wave hit and we all got tossed about. The boat was up, upturned. Yeah. Uh, Miss Calloway said another wave swept in into the sea into the, and, into the, and smacked off the cave. Um, against the cave wall, another series of waves kept pinned against the cliff face. So I suppose, you know, there was there was that element of yeah. danger, wasn't yeah, there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, everybody takes th- those people, and we should be very grateful to them. Yes, for yes. for yeah. doing this, they do take their lives in, in in hand. And in this unfortunate case, she she lost her life. So it, is a, it seems to me there was a whole combination of factors. Yes, yeah, and of of which the. She just called down to Kiki. She she volunteered to go to Kiki, of course. Go down there because some of the Kiki uh, um, uh, 
people weren't available or there was some dispute or some, some, something like that. That's what we, uh, I could relate from the other night listening to it on the... On the on all the was not well on the camp. Yeah, some of the yeah. camps in West yeah, yeah. Clare anyway, I think it was that yeah. um, one of the Coast Guards, I, I won't name them now, but it could possibly be doing where the inter- half of the volunteers resigned, you know, really, yeah, after yeah. this. So there was, yeah, there's there issues, well, yeah, issues yeah, yeah. there, you know, yeah. whether it's equipment or safety. Tom, yeah. Tom, did you come across that uh, that uh, heading on the front first uh, front page of the Clare Champion? There's a white elephant striding around the town of Ennis. Yeah, okay. he's there a John. He's been there for a long time, yes. And tell me, the, the listeners would be interested, Pat, in knowing, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, let's what say... About this white elephant. In a few years back, um, the, the, the market area of Ennis was redeveloped and um, they put in a lot of uh, walking areas and, and they put in this... This was supposed to be a game changer the councillors uh, announced at the time. And they were in this um, market building, new market building in the centre of the uh, art. For the farmers' market, but nobody the farmers' market moved out to uh, Carlborn, out to uh, Rosslevin, and uh, nobody goes in there, and nothing, hap- nothing happens in it. It's a car park, is it? It's a car park, yeah. Car park during the day, is it? Car park during the day, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. they have to close it now during the night because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. of of, of um, antisocial behaviour and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I see a heading there in some parts of the paper. And is it Nico? The only th- the only thing that's been sold in it is drugs. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Anti-social. John, that ties in neatly with uh, page four of the the Clare Echo, where there are three stories related, and uh, one headline says uh, that says you uh, well, if you're referring to their past, has anything been sold there other than drugs? Uh, next one then is as regards Bunratty, 48,000 wasted on an attempt to build bandstand and by the way it says the, the cost of that uh, white elephant as you call it in Ennis was fi- over 500,000 euros and then uh, I, I think our uh, local TD Michael McNamara says about uh, you know the Scarif regeneration project and there's 524,000 allocated to that and that's upsetting a lot of people and a lot of the submissions that were made uh, in uh, to the the plans that were displayed recently there's been huge objections to the from a, lo- a lot of the locals and i suppose it's principally about reducing parking in the town you know yeah. Scarif, you know. yeah. so the, the three stories are, are kind of related to wastage of money or a yeah. perceived wastage of money well in relation to the one ratty one yeah it appears that there was about maybe a half an acre of, um, an acre of ground and they were went developing it and they didn't own it the council <sighs> And they'll spend the money, and now they have to re, re, reinstate the events and then go and This is the real the, of all the three stories, Tom. You picked out the other two. You can might you might have seen some potential benefit, um, yeah. but the bandstand in Bunratty, uh, forty-eight thousand yeah. has already was spent on it to put the base in, right? You know, a bandstand. Mm. It's yeah. uh, it's a it's a covered. Area where in 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 the good old days of Edwardian Ireland you might have had a band playing, <laughs> um, and maybe the Tullochady band maybe were coming down. I don't know. But as pa- as Pat was saying, and as was reported a few weeks back, so, yeah. the council did not do their due diligence. No, they were maintaining the site for the last thirty years. So you can maybe imagine somebody thought they did own somebody it. Somebody assumed. Assumed. Yes. 
But they didn't do their due diligence. They yeah. didn't go to the land registry. Seemingly, it was known who the owners are. Yeah, yeah. The owners eventually identified themselves yeah. and said, what are you doing there, lads? And um, by then, they had the, ban- the, 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 the base in. And, and we were told a few weeks back that negotiations were, were to happen between the council and the owners, owners to see if it could be resolved. It appears now, according to the to the Clare Champion, sorry, to the Clare Echo, that um, the base has been removed, which is an indication, perhaps, that negotiations have broken down, and that the council have informed us, informed the paper, that uh, they're looking at new sites closer to the castle. But it is uh, like to waste fifty thousand euro. Yeah, is a, is yeah. a without, without yeah. due diligence. Really and is there, is there any accountability? I'm not looking for anybody to be sacked. but You don't want heads stro- to roll. D- yeah. d- 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 there, there are levels of accountability. Is somebody going to get a slap in the hand? Would be sufficient. The local, <laughs> for me. See, the local community, <laughs> they, they have a, a very good uh, local county towns and, 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 and Burnetti is very well looked after there. And uh, they have uh, a lot of work done around the place, and there's a very active committee in it. And I think they have been looking after that bit of ground. They, they were keeping the yeah. uh, grass caution looked after there. Yeah. And I suppose, uh, I don't know why, why, why the council just didn't check it. Yeah. Do you, think that, do you think some of the locals thought it was public property? Well, I, I don't really know. Uh, mm. the, the, man that, uh, the man that owns it anyway is an American businessman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, the fact that you you're able to you obviously know it. Um, now they haven't named they haven't said that in the newspapers, but y- you obviously know who who they're referring to there. Uh, David, am I am I taking it that in fact that site of the bandstand, yes. okay, which is not being built on? Do I take it that the county council were in possession uninterruptedly they of were that site, maintaining it? Yeah. But they would have known. Yeah. Now, is that position... Yeah. Just in, in let's say, some defence of the council, if there is a defence for it. It says, prior to the works, the council were unable to find a registered owner for the land and had maintained it for in excess of 30 years. This is despite the owners being well known in the locality for their contribution to the area, you know. So yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you can maybe it's a slip see up it, but, yeah. but yeah. this is what you hire solicitors for, is, to go and search. You And I'll tell you, we One give person owns it, and there is a document in the state which says that. Yeah. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. they may have to go to the Registry of Deeds it's if, uh, rather than the Land Registry. There's yeah. two. There's a modern registration now. Yeah. But, um, but anyway. Un- uninterrupted possession. Well, now, is it possession? And if it's the tidy, cou- if it's the tidy towns who are doing it, you're like cutting yeah. the grass. Yeah. Now, you could argue it. You might be able to argue it in a court yeah. of law that but. But anyway, I, they might, they wouldn't, um, and it yeah. might be that the the tidy townspeople had got permission, possibly, at possibly, the start yeah, to, yeah, to maintain yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is that other yeah. story there. They they are. This is a quote. They are intent on wasting more money, which is a reference to uh, the independent TD Michael McNamara, who issued a note of caution uh, about the developments uh, in Scarif, the Scarif Regeneration Project, which has initially been allocated 524,000. It's going to be a multi-million euro development, and the, the initial what's amount a, is 524,000. What, what, what's, what, what's he actually saying? Um, he is saying that he, the, the proposed plans for the regeneration 
could be very similar to what happened in Ennis, the, the, the place that we're talking about, the, the, white, the elephant. white elephant, the covered market. Um, I presume he's saying that the plans are, are not f- perhaps fully developed in the way he would like to see them, and that maybe they will build something, but they might, these facilities might not be used. Yeah. I sp- ideally there should be lo- good local support and enthusiasm for a project like that and that seems to be lacking in Scarif anyway there's yeah. because principally I suppose because we're going to lose a lot of parking spaces and you know but they can't, can't sort of say we give it 40 isn't they yeah. they're, 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 a part of the proposals is a new car park with 40 spaces there were 24 submissions from the public received since the consultation began in July yeah uh, concerns flagged by the public include an objection to traffic calming measures too much greenery and new planting bus stop facilities in the town presumably the lack of bus stop yeah, facilities yeah. in the town and calls for them to be re- relocated out of the town centre uh, is that presumably a bus stop outside of the town centre? Because the buses do come in, of course, and they do block the traffic. Well, the big bus, there um, is no bus there and stops around. outside uh, Harry O'Mara's Harry there. And, yeah. and blocks the traffic at that point. Well, for the few minutes that it's there. Yeah, well, for the good few minutes, if you're, if there's a... And that bus is now regularly used. And, and yeah. what they're proposing, Tom, is shutting off uh, one of the, uh, the forks in that road. Yeah. So now if a bus stops there... You can't go the alternative way, or you will. You won't. Be yes, you don't have a choice because if you're coming up, let's say coming up the street, yeah, coming up the house in front of you, yeah, go left for Harry Myers, and if you see the bus park there, you can always go right. You know, yeah. so you have the alternative. You know, and and under these new plans, you won't have that alternative. Yeah, yeah. That's so so I think that's why they're talking about that lack of resources for people with disabilities. I think that's uh, that's one that we'd all probably agree with. Lack of a guardrail on the large green area and potential for children to run out on the road. There's no pedestrian crossing. Now, I think in the plans there are pedestrian yeah, crossings yeah, and things, yeah. but it's just yeah. amazing we've waited this long. It is, it is. So there are 24 of them anyway. The council in response have said, Brian Mac- McCarthy, who is the Killaloo Municipal District Coordinator, said, the primary objection appears to be related to the perceived loss of car parking from the town centre. The proposed development is subject to a significant funding application and is aligned with provision of a car park of over 40 spaces. And essentially what he's saying is we'll build the car park first before we touch anything else in the... Well, that would make some sense. Yeah. Yeah. Can we move forward a little bit? Indeed, now? Um, um, Did you watch um, the Late Late Tom, Toy Show last Friday night? Before you go, go on. We, we'll refer to the majority our submissions opposed to scale of Tom Center upgrades in the East Care page. Yeah, the same, 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 same yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Government funding the next step in of the significant East Care plan. So you have um, the, the, the story is there in the championship exactly. on the page 14. Page one, Claire Echo. And uh, it gets mentioned again in the in the, the, the Claire Champion too, inside on, uh, not too sure what page. Uh, page three. Page three for Shamey. Shamey Garrahey. Late, late high show last Saturday night for a young man seven years of age. He made an impression, didn't he? He did, and there's always somebody on the Late Late Toy Show that stands stand out. Kid. out. Yeah. yeah, he's often the fellow reading the book. But in this case, he's he he is uh, a North Clare fella called Shamey Garrahy. I watched him myself, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he did he did stand out. He stood out for a few reasons. The first was his appearance. He's got a mighty head of hair, a mullet, yeah, a mullet. <laughs> 
and he, he's obviously been growing that for some time. Of course, very fashionable with with uh, with young boys and young men at the moment. It wouldn't be fashionable on me, I don't think, or any of the rest of us. Um, we've probably gone beyond it. But he's pictured. There's there's multiple pictures of him in the newspaper. He's pictured there in the Champion on page three, holding a trowel and plenty of blocks because his dad, I think, is a builder, which he revealed on the night to yeah. Patrick yes. Healy. And 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 a lovely picture of him feeding the hens as well. Well, I think yeah. There's there's a, there's a lovely paragraph, which encapsulates something about this young young boy. One of the mo- this is his quote. One of the most common questions thrown at Shamey since appearing on the Toy Show has been, quote, "How does it feel, Shamey, to be famous?" But he's quick to mention his first brush of the limelight. I was already famous. Sure, sure, didn't I win a singing competition with Ian the Claire, Claire Echo? Uh, how co- how, how wouldn't I remember it? I was only four, like. You know. <laughs> I, I think that's it. You know, <laughs> Classic. It's beautiful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something I think either kid that age either has it or doesn't have oh, it. And so. this guy has it. He's oozing with confidence. Yes. And, and, um, his opening line was, uh, uh, I can read it here on page six. Is, before we be- this is, he said to Patrick uh, Keelty, before we begin chatting, was the now infamous opening line from the seven-year-old Jamie as he told Patrick Keelty that they shared one thing in common. It's what both, was that? It's both our first toy show. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. It was very good. He had that uh, ability to be natural. Yes. yes. And that it wasn't staged. Yes. And of course, his his, uh, which is one of his defining features, his accent and his his diction, which, which uh, I think won won people over. And in a country where we're losing a lot of our regional and county and uh, even smaller than county accents it's great to see people like, it's great to see RTE facility because often it can be a very Dublin centred oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, actually uh, just brought up in the media uh, maybe some of the radio programmes I haven't been listening to during the week you know, we were getting mid-Atlantic in our accents we are Maybe we're watching too much, we'll, too many shows from the US or something, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. But it's from our young days. You know, I often remember, you know, in my university days. Now, in the, in the, the early seventies, you know, coming home, get off the train in Banlaslow, and you could recognise the Banlaslow accent yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah, you know? yeah. And even regions, e- even in East Clare, you'd pick up a different accent in different parishes. Yes. But that's all gone, I think. The gone. mountains and uh, and the valleys had yeah. to. Uh, Create that Create, uh, that yeah. situation, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. 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 But with with, with 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 the TV and and mm. Shamey now, I hope he will. You see, if Shamey stays in in Kilfenor, wherever he's from, he'll hold on to it. He will. He but will. if he moves out, accents yeah. change. Yeah. Oh, Pat, you want to come in there? Yeah, it's just here after a few young Claire events, a morning focus on Monday morning. Shamey and his mother Katrina went to Dunstalls. Their old ones were shouting it to him, <laughs> constantly asking me if, if he was getting another league or day off. He said, I can't go anywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a great publicity for me. And he sang, on uh, Claire of him, the other moments when he sang the, you know, the breakfast roll, the one from... The Pat Short one, is Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, we, just before we go to that story that you're pointing out there, um, David, Trash Honan. Yeah. Well known Clare Senator passed away this week. Do you want to yeah. say something? Travis paid Travis Honan, a trailblazer in, in politics, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, yeah. two of the, of the Echo and she's on the, the Clare Champion as well. 
Trashwan, uh, the only woman to have served as Kohelik of the Senate the at first the age of 93 yeah. was Margaret McMahon. Born in Dublin on January the 4th in 1940, she was educated at the St. Leo's Convent in Carlow and Mercy Convent in Clonmel. She and her family moved to Venice in 1950 for Tras, leaving her back in the county town. The family had been involved in running the Honan family pub in O'Connor Square. She served as Kohelik of the Venice Open District Council and the first woman to hold her own and was previously the first female elected to the Inner Southern District Council. National politics followed fast, and she was elected to the Senate in 1977, where she remained for 15 years of the 1983 elections. Yeah. So she she was uh, she was twice elected as Cahillac of the Senate, and uh, she was a, uh, by all accounts, she was a fairly formidable woman. Yes, and, you know, and, you, you and her sister is yeah. Carrie Atchison from It was the TD in the drum. No. Yeah, Michael McTighe was on the drum. Opened the, from Kilnamona, and he'd been very much involved in the person in, in the Fianna Fáil party. But he was on the radio all the morning, and he was saying that uh, uh, Charlie came down to the. When, when her husband died, Charlie came down to give an ovation because he was a senator as well. Yes. Yeah. But he said that um, he said uh, when Trace would come to you, uh, when Trace would come to you uh, for something. You'll be better. You'll be better asked to be saying yes. That <laughs> 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 she didn't take a no for. Yeah. She didn't take a no for an answer. <laughs> no, we turn to something that was very, very topical last week, and it's um, go to the middle, page fourteen and fifteen of the Clare Echo. Those three. Uh, uh, some of them were not. Uh, they're not local as such, I suppose. But just mm. first one is, hard abuse is hurled at Gardy. And next headline is Gardy turn a blind eye. And the third one is then TDs divided on Drew Harris's future as Garda Commissioner. Yes. And uh, in the Clare Champion, that last one that you've mentioned is picked up by Owen Ryan on page six of the Champion. Time for Commissioner Harris to go, says Dooley, Senator Dooley. Or Timmy has spoken up, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's various stories. The Gardaí turn a blind eye is a story from Ennistymon. Um, where some local representatives claim that the Gardaí are turning a blind eye to criminal damage in North Clare. They've specifically identified um, the tr- certain members of the traveller community as, as they've accused them. It, it is alleged, anyway. I don't know whether it's true or not. The chief superintendent, um, O'Sullivan, uh, let's see if I can get that first person's name. I'm not sure if I... Colm O'Sullivan disputed the view, this particular view that Gardaí are turning a blind eye, um, that they were controlling the situation and that they would further need to engage with the people of Ennis Diamond. The person who Some raised of those issues are kind of, sub, you to say, I think, at this stage, investigations are yeah, ongoing, they're on, they're so we ongoing can't and prejudice anything no, that might no, happen and from that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the, the, the main story, of course, is what happened in Dublin. Um, and the issue around the Gardaí and resources for Gardaí. Um, I, sa- I said it here last week that we should arm our guards. I don't propose people, guards, will be shooting. But we are, I, I, and I don't, it's not even in response to the riot, but to give that, give the guards a sense of authority and to be able to use those weapons if their lives are in danger. Um, like any other police force in Europe, we are the only police force in Europe that are unarmed. Yes. Which I think is not a good thing in this day and age. Yeah. Where where you are now, I think the level of 
of abuse and the level of disrespect. Yes, yes. Um, yes. And it will not, we, you won't reverse it. We are now in a very different society than we were in the past. Well, we, we created that, or helped to create that type of different society that you've in mind. Mm. I'm thinking in terms of uh, uh, the word community police. Do you remember? There was a great kind of hullabaloo about community policing about 10 years ago. Mm. Okay, And um, <clears throat> we, we weren't quite sure as citizens what did community policing involved but what turned out to be reality was anything but community for example the scarifs of this world the tullas of this world okay Scarford where the 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 mm. guardian and community police when they were withdrawn mm. yeah. okay but you see i think john we we always had, up until that point, community police. You exactly. had your policeman, your guard, living in the community. Yeah. They That's were there, the they were known. You, you knew who they were by their first name. Mm. I knew who they were in Mitchellstown. Sure, they played in the GA and everything. They probably still do, but you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know who you're... Yeah. And, and to be fair, we do have a guard that comes in here, Saturday Chronicle, and... We have a great he, relationship. And, with and yes. a great relationship, yeah. and he knows his community. But... We, we don't necessarily, they don't have the time or they're not given the time to be seen out and about. It's not, it, it, there's no value put on being seen. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's There isn't, that's unfortunately. Yeah, it, and I think there's two, there's, in a way, we are a country of multiple differences because... Dublin and our bigger cities need a particular type of policing. There isn't that personal touch. No, it's harder to get yes, that personal touch because there aren't as many. It's harder to produce those communities. Um, and those communities are that inner city. I was up in Parnell Square there only a few weekends ago. And it is a very different and uh, it's, it's, it's uh, a cosmopolitan place. Um, you hear multiple, and I support this, you hear multiple accents, multiple languages being spoken, all sorts of people there. But it's hard then to create a, a, a one community. Now, I'm not saying that that's impossible, yeah. but it is harder. But the policing that we would have down here would, might, would probably be a little bit different yeah. from the bigger cities. Like the water cannon. We don't expect those things to be seen. Uh, <laughs> we're in trouble if we see one of those in Scarf. Well, yeah. don't, don't, I mean, we're not terribly far away from towns in County Clare which experience quite an amount of negative uh, social behaviour. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. am I right or wrong? Well, right, yeah. Ennis would be one, yeah. and Limerick, and uh, like in areas, unfortunately, that have been deprived. Mm-hmm. There's two elements to what was happening, and like it or not, the far right, who yeah. I like to call fascists, because yeah. that's what they are. They have ex- they they target the vulnerable in society, yes. and these young mm. men. And I don't condone what they did, but um, they have been marginalised for lots of reasons. They have to take responsibility themselves sometimes. Um, but society can have its share of that marginalization, but they have been seized upon. They were seized upon very quickly. 
Um, and and those negative attitudes around migrants were seized upon by fascists Jumped in up, Dublin. Yes, and we in Scariff, of course, have seen those types of people coming around here trying to agitate. Yes. They're very successful at agitating. Um, and w- they will pick up supporters. They will. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. But going back to the community policing again, John, there was a time, you know, when there was accommodation for uh, at least the sergeant in um, Scarif. There was accommodation in Mount Shannon, and I think there was accommodation for a guard in Broadford as well. Oh, know? there was. That accommodation doesn't exist anymore. You no, know? no. Yeah. And that would that would really help. You know, yes. have the guard living in that community yeah. and part of it, and make it worth his while to stay here. You know? And if you know, we we, we often uh, might um, um, criticise the council and or the Clare County Council and that in a situation here, but um, the situation there in Asylum now, you know, Bill Slattery, he's a, he was a former county councillor and. He said he's the Hinch Development Association. He's involved in, in that, and he he's very critical of what's happening in an assignment on the on the on the front with the the, the travelling community. And he says here, Bill Slattery, who was a final candidate for the next year's local elections and a former county council, noted that 1.73 million was spent on the development of St John's Park, which was built in, in 2003. It got an award for the best travellers halting site in Clare, that time under the traveller housing scheme, but he's now a ghetto. Well, yeah, you know, maybe not enough of supports are followed up with that, you know, but that's, you know, cultural thing. Anyway, gentlemen, we better, uh, we're approaching half time. (laughs) We're nearly gone, we're nearly a few added minutes on it, you know. All I will say is, I don't think calling for Drew Harris's resignation or for Helen McEntee's resignation is the answer. No. Oh, now, Far John point. called, a bit, you've just stirred up the hornet's <laughs> nest, just as you were going to have time. John, um, on mature reflection now, would you agree with Tom? Because last week you were gung-ho to see two heads on a pike outside no, the Don't, don't forget, the what, I, what I was saying last week was, last week. <laughs> <laughs> this mature reflection now. <laughs> are, you, are you still calling for them? Because, of course, Senator Dooley no, is calling be, for, you'd, the, you'd for their be, resignation. You'd have to be patient. <laughs> what I was calling for was to, uh, for the two to consider their position. Not, uh, you know, one was a minister. And well, the you other. were calling for their, re- that is calling the, for their resignation. Well, uh, inviting <laughs> them to kind con- con- <laughs> have a, a reflection on it and they of course reflected and said no to you so what do yeah. you say to them now <laughs> well, it's not would you sack them if you had the opportunity if you were the Taoiseach I suppose if I'm terribly honest you are always <laughs> honest I hope which is difficult in this situation <laughs> because the populist approach would be I think um, give them their P60s, is it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, there was uh, what I witnessed today in the media was um, cause to, to give a second thought because the minister acted very quickly in calling for uh, new equipment mm. and answering the, the very points which, which I had. You wanted to raise the I body cams and the yeah, tasers and absolutely. all the rest. And, and, and I mean, lads, we mentioned it already here, this, uh, this day, um, the question of, of uh, uh, having 
personal locker space in a barrack. Gee, mm. where are we going in this day and age? That's basic. sort of a basic, basic story. Because basic basic story. Story. And in relation to the incident and its relationship to uh, what actually happened, it's interesting because it would take over an hour to, col- to collect some of my gear back yeah. at home. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. that, uh, that makes it's it a bit difficult. Yeah. 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 Well, I think there's a soft, there has been a softly, softly approach, really, with the girls in, in recent years, and maybe with the hierarchy, hierarchy of the girls. So, I think there's a, maybe there's yeah. a bit more, uh, yeah. there's a bit more, well, maybe, uh, robust... As we finish uh, up, G-Sock have come in for a lot of, uh, you yeah. know, most girls are afraid to be reported afraid, yeah, because yeah. it just yeah. jeopardise their careers and puts their yeah. careers yeah. Tom, on hold for six Tom, months or uh, Will you explain for our listeners, G-Sock and its its likely impact on uh, events. It's it, any incident, whether there's a car crash or that there's a Garda or a Garda vehicle involved, involved in yeah, or yeah. some way associated with, can be investigated by GSOC. GSOC but members yeah. of the public can make complaints to GSOC if they feel that they were unfairly treated by an individual Garda. But mm. there are ridiculous examples quoted, aren't there? There are ridiculous examples. Mm. I've heard of one that, uh, not in this county, that's where uh, a lady complained uh, the, to GSOC, a particular guard, because he was rude to her. Yeah, he was well, rude. sure, that wouldn't probably yeah. stand up. But, no, there, but probably it's are, there probably are cases, because we have known where guards are corrupt and have done bad things and have been convicted of those yeah, crimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in every jurisdiction, there are there is a, there there is a check and a balance. Yeah. Um, w- the, I, I'm not sure we've got the check and the balance right in this instance. John is smiling at me, and I'm looking at the clock here. You know. Oh, well, Tom, I, Tom, I, Tom are you not in charge? The point I will. <laughs> I'll have to check out the. the point we'll have I have to get the taser. Finish with talking about bad eggs. You know. I said, "Our Lord picked twelve, and he got one of them wrong." You know. So. <laughs> with that. Pat, have you a piece of music for us this week? The we have, Tom. Uh, Shane McGowan passed away this week, uh, age 66. Well, he, he would be 66 on Christmas yeah, Day. Before his time, really. So, um, yeah. uh, he had some marvellous uh, records and songs over Indeed. the years. Uh, a rainy night in Soho, Tom, from 1985. Yes, we'll have that now. And uh, may he rest in peace. Now oh, you're welcome to the second half of uh, media, this local media this week, and the second half will be a little shorter than the first one. You know, I failed to keep manners on you there in the first half. You know, yeah, sure, we were doing our best, weren't we? Tim? <laughs> you were doing your best to twerk me, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was Shane McGowan with uh, Rainy Night and Soul. Yeah, uh, said a man that's uh, got a lot of publicity this weekend, and he was, you know. A talented songwriter, talented indeed, singer, indeed. and hit the heights in a lot of cases. But yeah. he's own little demons, I suppose. Oh dear. Yeah, he's not the, the first mm. to have that. So, anyway, let's get uh, more, uh, well, maybe not so much local, but green. We'll go to the green page, will we, in the yes. Terre Echo? Yeah. Um, page it's 34, but with, with the, um, what's it called, uh, big um, international cop, 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 cop 28. 28. Yes, 23. Are we on? We're it's on, on in Dubai. On the green play, the green page, um, on the Echo. Yeah. There's a very, very interesting um, 
piece of news. Seven counties in Ireland. Actually, it says, or Clare, one of 11. It actually says 11, I think. 11, is it? So, free installation of solar panels to schools in County Clare. Now, this is serious. And if any listener out there has anything to do at all, with y- your board of management, board so of management. Yeah, I presume the schools, John, will receive a letter outlining the scheme, and uh, I mean this is a no-brainer, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, Offered for free, which is for free. For free. Yeah. So yeah. essentially, with these solar panels, and we all can imagine, imagine the school you went to, the secondary school or the primary school you went to. There's always a lot of roof space in schools. Absolutely, and uh, they're going idle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is proposed to put these solar PV panels in all of the schools to be able to generate electricity for that uh, for, for the school, school and sell into the, the central into the grid. Into yeah. the grid. Into so the to actually make money when, yes. of course, schools in the summertime tend not to be used too much. Yeah. So, it's and that's when the sun is shining. Yeah, it so says that schools could expect between twelve hundred and sixteen hundred per annum. Isn't it? Because we know that some pri- some of the smaller primary schools yeah. are often um, stuck for paying a few bills, and they have to go to the parents to hmm. get a well, bit of a dig out. Yeah, most primary schools and maybe even secondary schools have to raise uh, some funds, uh, voluntary mm. voluntary contribution. But are you chair of the the primary school in Scarborough? Yes, I am. All John. The time. So you'll be. Yeah, to the yeah. forefront. Yeah, well, I know all about it, I suppose. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're always very grateful for that. There's a sailor worker with it to yeah. uh, yeah. walk their 5k walk or whatever. That's it. So presumably, Scarif School will jump at this opportunity. Well, if I have any say in it, they will. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. The, the new board will be uh, commencing between this and the end of the year. So right. yeah, yeah we just had elections. So that's the, there. Yeah, um, and there's a, a nice picture of Senator Garvey. Um, yeah. she's usually, she might usually be seen hugging trees, but <laughs> in this case, uh, she's <laughs> hugging a solar panel. Yeah, she's a solar a, panel. A little red green coat on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the solar panel issues, um, page 23 of the uh, Clerico as well, it says, solar boost for burn businesses. And it just... Uh, I just listed some of the people that are in uh, using green energy, solar energy. Gregan's Castle, the Burn Smokehouse, Hotel Doolan, Linan's Lobster Bar, the Lodges at Sea View House, the Ritz Hotel, and Sleeve Elva B and B. You know, they're yeah. all yeah, using s- solar power, which is great. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. You know, if we're all around in 10 years' time, we'll all have solar panels on our roofs. <laughs> and roof spaces there. Uh, indeed. Yeah. We won't spend too long on, on that particular <laughs> one. <laughs> we'll, we'll spend long enough to be around, hopefully. Stay on green, clear there as well, Tom. You have uh, Adam Maloney has a story there on uh, coastal properties under threat. Coastal erosion and rising sea levels could demand many clear businesses and residents to abandon their properties. <coughs> businesses and homeowners may be forced to <coughs> relocate from the coast under, <coughs> under determinations from the National Coastal Change Management Strategy. This coastal protection scheme, which will, will be applied to all 19 counties all along the coastline, with many clear towns and villages at risk. 
So it, 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 well, uh, of course, the big Atlantic. We we escaped the worst effects of Debbie. Was well, it, I yeah. happened to be. Uh, we were down in Clifton last weekend, and I happened to come back and we decided we'd take the coastal route and drive in through Orne Moor. And there was a fairly high wall, maybe about three foot wall there, and it's amazing. All of those just damaged, washed Stone. away. Yeah, you know, the Stone. force of water when it gets going. You yeah. know, and the hinge has suffered badly. But it is only going to get worse. There's a picture there of the hinge and the work, of course, that they had to do since the last storm. Yeah, but. Um, Mother Nature is what it is, and I, as a matter on that very point, now, uh, David, I wonder, Tom, and this is where we, you come in with your veterinary experience again. Um, what was it I was going to say to you <laughs> <laughs> about storms? The storm, yeah, and infrastructure and coastal. Ah, conditions. yes. Um, our animals, our cows, for yeah. example, belong to a, our climate. It's a particular type of climate generations of generations okay and now there's a change obvious and that is yeah, the yeah, amount yeah. of surface water getting into the groundwater what about the 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 uh, sicknesses which come from john i'll digress slightly you're talking about our cows our, na- our native cows yeah you know some of the older breeds and even some of the english ones are brought in whether they were angus or herefords or shorthorns and all that yeah. they were a hardy breed they could live outside. You yes. Know? Angus are kind of, they grow a big hairy coat for the mm. winter, you know. Yeah. But, but a lot Frisians. of the breeds that were brought in, as you said, the Frisians, uh, the Charlies and all that. Which are 20th century, are they? They are. Yeah, well, they're more used to, uh, I call them, Warble. used to call them hothouse flowers, kind of. They have to be yeah. treated gently. Mm. They can't, uh, you, they, they won't ruffle for the winter, whereas yes. a lot of these, uh, the tougher yes. Irish breeds would have in the yeah. past, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so we could be going back, could we? Well, would you be there's thinking? a tradition up in the burn of winterages, you know, mm. and uh, that's, uh, they have a, the and that's uh, has yeah. been maintained, and actually, it's been recognised at Europe level. And indeed, grazing of the, those, uh, let's say, rocky pastures on the burn, yeah. helps to maintain the, the 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 various flowers that are unique to that area. You know, it's, yeah. it does help the environment. So the cows have been getting a bad press for a long time, but it's not hard to give them a little bit of good press now and again. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. methane and all that, but ah, they, you know, they're an essential part of our, uh, I suppose. Nutrition but it's, like, it's a bit like the bee. Yes. The, the honeybee. Yeah. I mean, the honey, the Irish honeybee has a capacity to um, do well in the kind of climate which we've been having for generations ago. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there is a specific Irish bee which were in danger of losing as a result of, believe it or not, the introduction of queens from outside our climate zone. Native, yeah. I think that's been very much frowned on in recent oh, years. What is so frowned? You know, yeah, to encourage our native population, the, the black, uh, or black, black, black small bee, black. you know. Yeah. And I know where I live, we have a reasonable selection of flowers in the garden, kind of, you know. And it's, uh, not. it wasn't a great year this year for the bees, but I know last year, it was just marvellous to watch them, you know, even our yeah. native mm. bumblebees and yeah. the different... We have yeah. about 50 different species of bees here, you know. It's a fascinating study if you, have, if you have time to do it. If you have time to do it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But just on the, on the coastal thing there, yeah. there was a fellow, Paul McGray, he's living in the Hinch, and he said in 2014 there was very bad floods and uh, very bad um, uh, uh, storms and the rain came in. And he said it came in 500 metres inland, the, the seawater. Yes. Yeah. No, he said there's 40,000 people living within 100 metres of the sea. So he said, uh, in on the coast, uh, people uh, within uh, so that going forward, there's going to be a problem. Uh, uh, sure, England, the 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 north uh, east coast, the east coast of England, have already seen 
coastal villages and towns fall into the sea yeah. in a way and and being moved back well the land there is I know very, it's very subject to erosion it is sandy, sandy. Yes. and and, yes. and we don't have the same problems but the ferocity of those storms that they have yeah. is nothing compared to what we have on the Atlantic coast. Oh, yes, yes, you get one. And, and, and it is, I suppose, it's the flooding. And can you save every town is the question. <clears throat> or can you save every golf course and resort? And I'm thinking here of Mr. Trump's one. Like, ca <laughs> yes. can you save, um, should we save all the, because if you protect one bit of the coastline, it's going to in, have a, another impact. On, a, on, on another bit of it. Yeah. And then the farmers might be complaining. Well, I think Mr. Trump was going to put in a couple of miles of... of uh, Arbor, 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 Arbor. He didn't get, he's he didn't not get, allowed. He didn't get permission from the Bob Finale. But I, I am, I'm certainly sure that if it was... Why? It was in, it was in the Hanertons, uh, uh, <laughs> in, 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 in um, Leo Varadka's uh, constituency, it would be allowed. But you know, Pat, you're... you're ah, no, that's a very uh, <laughs> dangerous allegation Well, if he adds to it, uh, well, for further emphasis... Port Planada is a very uh, independent organisation, yeah. we should be saying. Well, we're Unless still Unless Pat wondering. knows something that we don't know. He does, actually. <laughs> uh, he's the inside track. I'll voice it for him, <laughs> because I know what his thinking is. I mean, you uh, think about the plan which... Trump had to counteract the actual erosion of the coastline mm -hmm. in the Gulf Coast. Natural erosion. And to, yeah, and to have that, to have to block, a, uh, what would you call it, a process by which, in fact, um, the coast could be protected. And he was going to actually build a, 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 a wall of a, rock. Yeah, uh, yeah, rock okay, yeah. So the sand would come up over anyway. The sand would be washed up and covered. But you oh, gentlemen yeah. have not studied this from a scientific basis, oh, which much. is what on board Panola's inspectors we pay, yeah, we the public pay, and they make a they make a recommendation well, from board Panola. Pat and myself have met thousands of times to discuss <laughs> this issue. <laughs> And you still haven't solved it. And you still haven't resolved it, exactly. <laughs> we have the answers. We haven't had that. You, you've less than 10 minutes to solve it out today's <laughs> programme, I suppose. Can I bring you back to page 12 of the Clare Echo? And it says, Shannon Community Partnership. And uh, you know, there's another one. Uh, I'll tie that in with one on page 20 of the uh, Clare Champion. And it's got the Midwest Blood Bikes, you know. And I'm just... The community which? service. Midwest Blood Bikes, where these people on motorbikes will take samples to... Uh, let's say if the sample needs to be... Medical staff needs to be rushed to a lab in Cork, they'll do it, you know, on a voluntary basis. Motorbikes and all that, you know. Which is... But... Um, do you want to go straight to the that? Well, I think John might want to talk about the Shannon Partnership. Yeah, one, yeah. Which is we, 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 we have page twelve of the Echo. Yeah, yeah. we have and heard page fifteen of the Shannon as well. Yeah, at home. Yes. Over so the a, while, a full page across the top there. Community the community to. development has been an ongoing strategy. Okay, here in East Clare, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, um, and constantly searching after new projects. Correct. Yeah. Because there's a recognition that if you want people to come to live in your area, then you present it as if you were offering a new suit. Okay. Um, and that's that's kind of the situation in our towns and our village areas. Okay. Very positive type of interplay between the the, the citizenry. 
on the other side of the coin, if in fact people living in, in villages or towns, as the case may be, ignore the importance and significance of their um, of the environmental offerings, okay, then they're going to fall back. Kilrush is an example, I think, of a, a community that may have been asleep for some time. And uh, there is a danger in that, that opportunities slip you by, okay? So what I'm saying is that um, community, community development in Shannon is absolutely crucial. But they were slow enough mm. to actually uh, get moving on it. I so, mean, so they've said, yeah. And wh- why was that, John? Do well, you think? It's, it's a malaise. I well, I'd say no, no. I'd say they had various uh, groups in 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 in, in, Shannon. in Shannon, but they're bringing, they're trying to bring everybody under the one the one yeah. umbrella now, and have yeah. the, have the one umbrella to apply for funding and apply for grants and all that type of stuff. Because don't you forget, Shannon is a new town. Really, you know? Yeah, and you had you had uh, you have a tiny towns uh, people in Shannon, a group in Shannon, and you have the, you have uh, you have the Love Shannon Community Council there as well. So you have you have various groups in 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 the town, and you have you have um, residents associations as well. So I think they're bringing them together. What right? I'm trying to do, John, is to get all those people together under yeah. the one umbrella. Mm-hmm. As the headline says, to yeah. uh, to want the town's untapped potential to blossom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. by coming together, they said they'd be able to. Full finance, I suppose, for various sources. Yes, yes, make their case. For All those groups are gone as well now. You heard the, the town councils there as well. You heard, yeah. uh, you, heard, you, heard, you heard the Shannon town commissioners one time, and they didn't make their town council, but so they were all about us. Yes. The last time. Yes. So you yes. Which no, I think was a great mistake. You have no, do you? You have no. Yeah. You do need lo- local government. You do need really local government. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they're counties or towns. Exactly. Or yeah. Would you give an honorarium to uh, local council? Local community, community, uh, we often call them groups. Groups. For sure, I suppose th- we don't call them honorariums, we call them grants, don't we? We do. Yeah. yeah, so I would be happy to. And that's what they do. I mean, the town development associations and the tidy towns people, they all get They all get grants. Support. Yeah, we, we, we don't work. Our community council over in O'Callaghan's Mills, we, we don't work. In yeah. We got rent aid from uh, for foot pets and all that kind of stuff. But you, we, had to, we had to put up some money as well, like in the yeah. fencing. Sure. Yeah. This country has been nearly run on volunteer effort. Indeed, indeed. By the way, the, the uh, Cliffs of Moher is offering uh, free access from now till Christmas. For the locals. If you're living, if you're living in County Clare. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah. Not bad. Not yeah. bad at all. Yeah, no. they do that. And on page... Is that free car- parking now, is it? And free... I wonder. Now, that is... Uh, <laughs> well, free, free admission, anyway. Yeah. Free admission. On page 19, Christmas around Clare. Uh, I've done it, gentlemen. I've mentioned the C word, the Christmas word. Christmas yeah. around Clare. Uh, gives you a sense of what's happening, including that Cliffs of Moher reference. But there's loads of stuff happening. Um, Just embrace the stillness of the winter solstice on a reflective evening walk through the 12 o'clock hills. I presume, Pat, you'll be up there on the winter solstice. This is the 21st of December. (laughs) An opportunity to connect. Maybe you'll bring the the microphone with you. An opportunity to connect with nature on the longest night. And uh, then there's there's various other things. Page 19 of the Echo. Worth just getting the Echo just for that. 
Is it? Yeah, there's a, a, a lot of various uh, things around. Page 19 of the Echo. In the Echo, of, yeah. uh, Western East Clare. And, and, and everywhere around Clare. Really. Can we also urge people this week, to, especially people and uh, fans of the Scarf Bay Community Radio, to buy the Clare Champion? Because on page seven of the living section, there's a, you know some very good photographs. But there's one particularly good one on page seven. Bottom of page seven is <laughs> your speech is now Pat. It features Dan Danner, Pat O'Brien, who's he, and Pat uh, Joe Queeley at an event in Carrigary House. Very good photograph of you. Where's that? It's in the living <laughs> section, John. You missed it. Um, and and uh, oh my God, I did. You did. And as <laughs> I, 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 und- it as, too as I understand it, Pat, you were there because you're you are, of course, the O'Callaghan's Mills correspondent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, every year, the the champion brings you out for for a little uh, thank a you Christmas meal. meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he brings home the surplus. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it is not like I mean, th- you'd be surprised. The people will buy the Clare Champion just, I'd say, for the notes pages to find out what's going on. Oh, yes. 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 yes, and the quality of them, you know, there's the recent debts, there's the missions, the masses, the, the ceremonies, the parishes, yeah. the pla- the Christmas fairs, the and brass the band, yeah. the craft fairs. That's just in one page, page seven. There's so much going on, and I'd say people find out a lot. You know, the people who don't aren't on, like myself, not on the Facebook and the other types of social media. They will mm. still go to the local notes. Really, yeah, so yeah. fair play to you, Pat, yeah, well, and we, the others we, who we are contributing. The, we, we put the local notes every week as well up on up on the, the community uh, page, mm. the, the the parish community page. Uh, Facebook social media, pa- Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, yeah I, see, mm. I see. No, the, Pat, tell us this. Did the, 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 the um, the meal was it up to your standard? Oh, it's just, yeah, it was just beautiful, John. <laughs> John, I, I think, think you know what? Huh? It's getting to the time where the clock is going to beat us, you know, and oh, it's time dear. to win. But one thing we have to mention our own Dermot Nash winning oh, an All Ireland title indeed. Yeah, last weekend in the handball, yeah. and yeah. congratulations to him and all the Nash family, you know. And I was, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to it, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was a marvellous weekend of handball time around the county. It was. Yeah. All the venues around the county were um, playing. I, I was. I was I was here on Saturday morning doing Saturday Chronicle and I called to the the handball court in the middles and the way back and uh, uh, there was a, a girls competition there and the standard was uh, exceptionally high. There were two uh, what do you call it civil defence uh, trucks there. What what was that? <laughs> were they expecting trouble? On that note, I think we'll wrap it up. You know, but <laughs> while the going is good, once again to thank you, Jonas Kelly. You're welcome, John. Pat O'Brien. Thanks, Tom. And David Fleming. Thanks, Tom. And uh, I, Tom Hanley is myself here, and I've been trying to keep manners in those ways, and I think I nearly have to give up. You know? No, you did. You did very well, Tom. <laughs> yeah. So until we all meet again, so thanks for your contributions. Thank you, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom.